Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in, everybody, to the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are going to talk real quick about day day number nine of training camp, I believe. Or are we on day eight? It's kind of all meshing together. This is actually day eight, so we'll talk about day nine the next day uh, on Sunday for your podcast. But day eight uh, featured some big plays, again, from Donovan Peoples-Jones. David Njoku got a big play, touchdown catch. Um well, first, let's rewind and talk about who was there, who wasn't there. Jarvis Landry had a scheduled day off. Anthony Walker, which was encouraging to see him out walking on the field, doing some things, being around his teammates. Looked like he was walking fine. Anthony Schwartz sat out with a tight hamstring. Grand Delpit again. I told you guys, I warned you, they were going to be very, very patient with him. They continued to be extremely, extremely patient with Grand Delpit. Sheldrick Redwine dealing with the ankle. Ronnie Harrison dealing with the hamstring. And then a new addition, Montreal Meander. Um, the linebacker is out, and then Tack McKinley. I'm a little worried about what's going on with Tack. The way I saw him on the field, uh, dealing with some some real weird issues where he was where he was uh, he was he was on the field with an they called it an illness, but he was like laying, he would go through a team rep and then he was on the field almost like he got kicked in the groin. It was really strange. I don't know. I just have my eye on it. I'm not sure what's going on. It was labeled as a personal reason today. Uh, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll keep we'll keep our eye on that one. But a little a little strange what's going on there, and he's he's been inconsistent for a guy who needs to be consistent going into this year. Tony Fields also out with a uh, his foot issue. It appears not to be a broken bone, but uh, we'll keep keep our eye on that. Nick Chubb had a great practice, as per all reports and couple videos I've seen. Um, you know, he just is. He's just so natural running this zone stuff. He had a, a huge gain down the left sideline where he turned the corner on a bounce read. Again, uh, you know, Nick is Nick, and he's going to continue to perform at a high level unless something uh, unless something breaks down. But for now, he seems great, and he's excited about the season. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I loved his comment before practice, uh, DPJ talking about how, uh, you know, those guys, uh, Jarvis Odell, taught me how to be a pro I thought that was a really unique comment, have taught me how to be a pro so far. And you can see it displaying in his his second year here. That, that I think it's fair to say, like that, like Joe Thomas did on the two-minute drill, that he is the leader in the clubhouse for the wide receiver three position right now heading into, into the season. And again, meaning I think he's an outside wide receiver. If something happens as, an, as far as outside receivers go, whether two, two wide receiver sets or three wide receiver sets, he's the first up there. In the slot, probably Higgins uh, is my best guess there. Uh, good to see, like I said earlier, David Njoku with a big play. Uh, Austin Hooper had a nice catch in traffic. Uh, I think Stephen Carlson's had a really good camp so far. Quiet, good camp. I think uh, I think that you're looking at three, four tight ends on the roster again. We'll see what that means for some other positions, but four, Carlson being the fourth. I think it's going to continue to be a good group as those guys stay together. I should note, too, Trey Harbison was cut, injury designation. You know, Corey Taylor was brought in from Tulsa. Seems like a fine back. Um, some experience in the zone system stuff, but probably a guy who, who might be end up being a practice squad player at best based on the running back depth here, just sort of a camp body. Feel for Trey Harbison. Hopefully he can catch on somewhere. 
Um, but yeah, you, you know, that's, you got to have bodies. And another thing to keep an eye on is potentially bringing in another safety with, with the ankle injury to red wine, the continued hamstring for, uh, you know, Ronnie Harrison and bringing Grand Delpit along slowly. You're looking at a very thin amount of safety. So they could bring somebody in at that position. Keep your eyes on that. Another thing I keep reading, I've seen some reps of this is I'm just, I, I need Jed Wills to be better than he's practicing right now. Uh, I know he's going against Miles Garrett, but I've seen some reps against non-Miles Garrett, you know, players, uh, whether that's Curtis Weaver and some others. I just need to see him practice a little bit better. I'm not trying to incite panic. I just would like to see reports of him practicing better. And I know typically you only see linemen when they mess up or they let something happen, but Jed Wills year two has to be better. Uh, and I, I hope he can be better. Um, uh, as far as a complete player, especially in the run game, but he has to he has to have a solid season and pass protection above all else. And I know that you're not going to face Miles and Clowney every week. You're you're re- very rarely going to face a teammate uh, duo, I should say, as strong as those two when you when you play week to week. That's a huge benefit of being in Cleveland. But he's got to be better. He's got to be better. You know, he's got to win. He's got to win more reps than I think he's winning. I'm a little. My, put it this way, my eyes are drawn to that, okay? Like we said, Jarvis got the day off. Odell is still sort of getting to the point that he's going to be back next week. A lot of video caught on Odell with Baker working some reps. I think they were throwing in between sessions, usually during a special team session or something of that nature. You Quarterbacks and receivers can get together if the receiver's not involved in specials of any kind and Odell's not, can get together and throw. So, um, yeah, that's that's you know always good to see. Uh, I'll shout out uh, Brett Coleman, who put out a nice video on his YouTube page, uh, breaking down some of the Baker Odell miscommunication or or lack of lack of production, and uh, that's worth your time to watch. Uh, so so do do with that what you will. But those two continue to sort of need to get on the same page. They're working toward it. I wrote up an article today at the OBR about how the Browns' offense improves in year two under Kevin Stefanski, and a lot of it with Odell is giving him some different looks, different alignments. Uh, di- different things than just playing X, putting him in the slot, putting him at the point of trips, doing different things to get him in space and let him create some yards. Because if he's just your vertical guy only, I think that does a disservice to who he is. So that's always going to be the number one storyline this year. How do Baker and Odell connect and and can they find production? So Odell appears to be ramping up into next week with his uh, contact regimen. So We'll keep our eye very closely on that. I don't think we'll see much of him Sunday. Uh, other things, Greedy Williams was back out practicing, taking some contact, which is great. He needs that. It's a big part of his um, his return, you know, doing tackling drills, hitting that landmark. It's huge for him. And uh, he mentioned it in his press conference before practice, and he was out there rotating with Greg Newsom as those two fight for the cornerback position opposite of Denzel, uh, which is which is going to be an extremely interesting battle to pay attention to because it's it's wildly important. Wildly important. I saw a video of Brian Allen with the pick six against the third team. Brian Allen continues to fight for practice squad reps. I think he has a chance to make the practice squad. Again, keep an eye on that. Otherwise, not much else to to talk about. Another quiet day. Keep knocking on wood. No injuries that are of any significance, which is, again, which is, again, really great. Okay. Another session tomorrow. And then they'll get into uh, they'll get into First Energy Stadium for the first time on Sunday. I'll be there. I'm going to go watch it live and bring you back some reports on that. So 
Uh, you know, we do the best we can here. We don't have all-day video. We don't always have every single insight from practice, but I want to always kind of gather up the most important little tidbits of information and pass them along to you. So I uh, wanted to do that. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying this, these recaps I try to provide. Uh, we are going to switch over and talk about Baker and Josh Allen. Josh Allen's $258 million deal, $150 guaranteed, uh, is going to be the point of contention for Baker's next contract. Can he top that? Is he below that? The discussion point was something that we wanted to go on Twitch and talk about. Now, some of the Twitch things I've noticed have been a little tough because some of the noises that come with the alerts with Twitch, which is a really cool live feature or an annoying thing on a podcast. So I tried to edit all of those out and put in just conversation. So I wanted to put in first a little a little tangent I went on about why Baker's behind schedule and who's at fault for that. And then we had Sterling Furrow on from Cover One, and I wanted to, to put that interview in there for you too because I think there's some good discussion to be had there, not just about – Josh Allen, quarterback, but you know Sterling had a couple good questions for us too, so wanted to share that with you, and we'll do that now. So let's get over to that uh, section from Twitch. And again, if you're not following our Twitch, make sure to go to twitch.theobr.com and follow that Twitch account. All you have to do is follow, and if you want to subscribe, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that too. Let's get over to our time on Twitch from last night. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's why this year is so important. We talked about it seemed like every <laughs> right. single year is the most important year, and it and it's been true. It has. Like last, last year was important for Baker to get back on the right track and prove that he is a better version of himself than he was in 2019, and he can be this guy. He's put everything on the table to eat his dinner here and make it right. Uh, it, it is just he has to go out and prove it. And and I think if he goes out and proves it, when he sits down at the table to have this discussion about a contract and he was maybe he's a top five pro football focus graded quarterback again for a duration of the season, hopefully the whole season, but he puts up good numbers. You know, we're going to sit down at the table and have this conversation. Baker's a top five MVP candidate. The Browns won some playoff games, maybe even hell, went to the Super Bowl. You know what they're not going to say at the negotiation table? Well, you know, you remember 2019? That right. was rough. You know, that was rough. The same right. shit, same stuff that they said. I'm sure the Bills didn't bring up Josh Allen's first two years. They said, hey, you did this last year. We see where you're going trajectory-wise. You have the data to prove you can be an elite quarterback. You did it. We think you're going to keep getting better. You, we, we believe in you. All of that stuff is played out in front of them, and they signed him. And the same thing they'll do for Baker. I'm sorry that the time frame isn't right. But the time frame, to go back to the original point that I've said for two off seasons now, the time frame isn't right because the Browns didn't make it right. 
they screwed this thing up from the beginning. They brought him in with Hugh Jackson and kept Hugh Jackson and brought in Todd Haley, and they had a terrible thing as rookie year. Then they screwed up the coach the second year. So if it goes into the fifth year, if it goes into the fifth year because the Browns are uncertain, they could be certain right now. They could be. They could have signed the deal for Josh Allen money today for Baker, but they screwed it up. They didn't give him the continuity that they gave Josh Allen in Buffalo, and that matters because they got a great sample size in Buffalo building around Josh with the same offensive system, a great head coach, a great offensive coordinator. Believe it or not, Brian Dable become a great offensive coordinator. They gave him that for the first two years. Then they put the weapons around him in the passing game, went out and got him an elite wide receiver, got him comfortable behind that offensive line, calmed his footwork down, got his mechanics better, and then it fell into place. The Browns have the same situation going on here, whether people want to admit it or not. Baker's mechanics were a little off after his second year. Baker needed the right things around him. He's finally got those things. Now he's got the coat, but they're a year behind. They're a year behind because they put themselves a year behind. So they're the ones who are risking it. So if they have to sign Baker for $45 million a year next year because he throws for 40 touchdowns, well, that's their damn fault. Yeah. That's their fault. <laughs> right. So that's their fault, and it's because they weren't prepared for the number one pick quarterback that they brought in. Kudos to them for getting it right when they did get it Absolutely, right. Absolutely, dude. And they've gotten it right because so many times we've seen them fail at getting it right <laughs> uh, for these guys. Uh, but but they did. But it's behind schedule because the Browns are behind schedule, not because of Baker. I think that's important to remember. So if they got to pay him, I'm telling you, at this time next year, if we're sitting here at training camp, the Browns sign Baker for $290 million, we're going to be cracking some beers and talking and having a great time because we won't care. Yeah, it's right. fine. They got their guy for a decade, and we're going to be so exactly. happy. And it's going in that direction. So that's my that's my yell for the night. I guess. Absolutely Let's bring in Sterling. He's here. He joined us. Yeah, His time yes. is precious. Absolutely. Sterling, what's up, man? Welcome to the Browns corner of the internet, man. I feel like you might have taken a wrong turn. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're talking to it. To, well, actually, I take that back. Buffalo fans, Browns fans, pretty much alike. We're man. the How same breed. Thanks for joining us. Hey, man, I'm just happy to be here. You know, uh, three studs up there. Uh, you know, I, I, I have much respect for the Browns. You guys are a damn good team. And it, the NFL is always better if the Bills and the Browns are good. So what's up? Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Of course. Let's talk about your bills. Were you, I know we've, we've had a discussion on my pod leading into the year and I really don't Sterling. I don't remember where we got to on Josh's contract. I can't remember if you were a believer it would get done before the year or not, but hit me with your initial reaction. Were you, were you surprised? Was the bills sort of corner of Twitter surprised and the numbers shaking out? Were they what you guys expected or was it like, okay, we got to sort of let this sink in. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you got to take a step back and just think like the Bills actually have a, a franchise quarterback that's worth signing to a big deal. Like for us, that's a that's huge. I mean, you guys kind of you guys kind of you, you get it right. You get where I'm coming from. So once you get over the the initial, oh my God, Josh Allen just signed. Now, you know, the GM in me wants to know, okay, what are the numbers? And when you break down the numbers, you know, it's a front loaded deal. Right. And they, and the, the, the cool thing about it is they got ahead of you guys and the Ravens, because I thought that Josh Allen's probably going to be one of the last to sign just because he's, in my opinion, he's better than those two quarterbacks. So I figure, OK, they're probably not going to get a, a deal done this year. And then everything you've heard out of Bill's camp was, well, if we don't get it done by this time, then we're just going to table it till next year. We've talked to Josh and his representatives. Brandon Bean saying all the right things. You know, Josh is happy. And all of a sudden you hear a little inside reports that the deal was kind of materialized around three and four a.m. this morning is when Josh found out about it. 
and then everything you know some legalese and things got worked out and then here we go we, this is huge, huge deal so it's a front-loaded deal uh what's it 151 million guaranteed so that's uh hmm. he can go buy all the cantaloupes he wants right? <laughs> i mean that's a big deal <laughs> you know it's a big deal a, hey kudos to you contract Kudos to you for coming into a Browns conversation and dropping that he's the best quarterback of those two, man. You're not afraid to take the heat from the comment section. <laughs> I love it. Listen, was uh, let me ask you this. This is a part of Browns conversations that come up all the time. Well, they're going to sign Baker eventually. They think we're the whole discussion we're having here, Sterling, is the timing at which they sign Baker. Uh, but is there a genuine feeling of dread about the about the cat? I know you guys really love your guy over there. I know you love. Um, uh, Bean, I, I know you guys have a great GM too, but is there like a fear of, man, we got all these guys to sign? Like, where does the cap sit for you guys in terms of now having this big quarterback contract? Is there a fear of signing some of the other uh, integral parts, or is it is it in an okay place? Um, I think it's in an okay place. You know, I trust Barrington and Bean to make the right decisions. Uh, are they going to be cap strapped? Yeah, they're going to be cap strapped, and they got some guys. You know, Jordan Poirier. Uh, you know guys like that Tremaine Evans is going to want a big deal so they're, they're going to have to say goodbye to some really good players but this is something that good teams have to do rich you know, people problems are king of this now I'm not <laughs> hey right yeah. it is rich people problems but these are things that championship caliber ball clubs which you guys are going to experience yourself you can, we're just gonna you can't you can't have everybody right and so I think the the next thing for the bills and and, and Brandon Bean is okay are we gonna can we draft well and then can we capitalize on on you know maybe shipping some players out that that we think okay let's get our best value now i mean why i mean when you look at things like this like why would the patriots let go of richard seymour why would they trade guys like chandler jones i mean it just happens when you have a good team a good roster and you have a quarterback that's arguably one of the top five quarterbacks in the league it's going to give you some flexibility so i don't know is, is the cap real eh, it depends on who you talk to <laughs> yeah, ask them down in New Orleans if the cap's real. <laughs> Holy yeah, yeah you're, you're just going to have to let go of some of those guys who are – there's going to be tough decisions. And that's yeah. and I know in Buffalo it's been a while since so tough decisions have had to be made, and they're the same in Cleveland where we're going to start entering the zone where, you know, you watch your other talented players leave, but then you get those picks back and you got to maximize those picks to make up for that with those extra compensation picks. So that's where it all ties together. I do like what Brandon Bean has done. I think the thing that Buffalo did right out of the gate, Sterling was hired the right coach. We were both hiring coaches at the same time in 2018, 2017, excuse me. And you guys got the guy that our analytics department was like, Hey, go ahead and go get that McDermott guy. We like him. So they brought in Hugh Jackson, which it ultimately led these two franchises down these completely different paths of, 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 of where they ended up. So the tangent I went on was Baker was about a year behind because the Browns set him back a year behind. So uh, it kind of ties back into that 2018 draft. I guess on like, this is going to be a weird question and you guys, Andy and, and, and Steve, you guys can have a question queued up for him too. Uh, like one to 10, like when they drafted Josh, you got to be honest now, one to 10, like where did you sit on that scale of one being this guy's washing out like Josh Rosen in a year and 10 being, I feel like he's a stone cold hall of fame lock. Where did you sit on him sticking around Buffalo for a long time? Bro, I ain't gonna lie. I, I, I can, can we, uh, we're, we're amongst friends and I said, holy <laughs> shit, you got the wrong Josh. He got the wrong Josh. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there, I was like, dude, I had to put my hand in my head. It was like, Josh, 
Allen. I'm like, oh, Lord, get him out of here. I didn't want Josh Allen. I'll be the first to tell you, I did not want him. I did not want a project. I wanted Baker Mayfield. I wanted Josh Rosen. I, that, that's who I wanted. Um, and they proved me wrong. I mean, Josh is – he's a really good quarterback. I mean, there's not much you could say about him, I mean, just based off of last year and the, and the progression he's made. But I'm, I like Baker, though. Don't, I'm not a Baker hater, just so your fans know. I like Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I feel, Sterling, yeah. Uh, got a question for you. Uh, first of all, thanks for coming on, taking the time. We appreciate it. Uh, you were talking about we were laughing about the rich people problems, and we've been saying that for months here in Cleveland because much like you guys, this is just weird new world for us. You know, having too many good players. We used to be lucky if we had yeah. four guys whose names we knew at the beginning of August. <laughs> so we have been talking for the last like six months. There was all these potentially big contracts. It was Baker and Nick Chubb and then Wyatt Teller and Ronnie Harrison and Denzel Ward, who's going to get paid? And eventually, when you play musical chairs like that, somebody's not going to have a place to sit. From the Buffalo side, now that Josh has signed his deal, who are those guys for the Bills? Who are the three or four guys whose contract is up either after this year or maybe next year? And in your head, you're like, okay, we're going to have to say goodbye to one of these guys, and which one is it going to be? Ooh. I think if Ed Oliver doesn't have a big year this year, I think the writing's on the wall. I think in two years he's going to be out of here. Um, I think I think Tremaine Edmonds has a lot to prove. I mean, he's a very young guy, and he's going to want big dollars. So I think this is a make-or-break year for Tremaine Edmonds in a sense. I know that's probably not a pop time. You really do have to consider you can't sign everybody. So we're either going to have to flip them, or, or they're going to really have to earn those 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 deals that they're going to get. Now you have Josh Allen locked up. And then we're not even talk, talking about Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is going to want to restructure contract. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, he's one of the top wide receivers in the game, and he's underpaid. So uh, I, I think, you know, they're going to have to redo that deal. So they're going to have to make some tough decisions here in the next two years. Let's talk about uh, – you said you liked Baker Mayfield before the before – the, uh... For that draft, huh? You were a Baker Mayfield guy. Well, l- let me ask you this. Yeah, l- yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you do you agree with some national pundits that label him as a system quarterback? Uh, <laughs> Tom Brady was a system quarterback. Okay. Thank you. They're all system right? quarterbacks. I, I don't really care. You can you can either play. Or you don't. You, yep. you, you either got it or you don't. Baker has it. I think he just uh, – he's limited physically. When you look at top quarterbacks in the game today, I think that's probably the thing that that really hurts him. Uh, and then having consistency in, in, you know, in the offensive uh, play calling department, your know, offensive coordinator and so forth. So ba- Baker needs to show out this year. I think, I think, you know, now that what Josh Allen did last year, I think Browns fans and I think NFL media alike, we're all looking to say, okay, like, okay, Lamar got his MVP. Josh took his team to the AFC Championship. Baker, you were the number one overall pick. What are you going to do? Now, your rookie year was great, but, you know, you haven't really uh, – we need to see more, right? And so Baker needs to show out this year. But everything we know about Baker, Baker's like Josh Allen. They got the chip on the shoulder, and they worked their ass off. So, um, you know, there's a lot to prove for Baker. There is. There is. It's, it is definitely a key season for him, and you're, you're pretty spot on about – and we've – said this throughout this episode today which is everything is in the right place at the right time for baker finally 
right. between continuity, between personnel around him, between defense that can help him too. It is the right time to make a move for Baker. And if he wants the money he thinks he wants, he better make a move and he better carry them to heights they haven't seen. And uh, that's kind of what we're all expecting because we shouldn't expect anything less. So Sterling, man, thank you. I only wanted to eat about 10, 15 minutes of your time. You were more than what we were expecting. Oh, I'm here I appreciate for the party. <laughs> we are. I'm we are. Uh, hey, I have a question for you guys, though. Go it at us. For you guys. Go. Tell go, me go. about. Tell Tell me about my guy Donald the People Jones because I'm a Michigan man. Okay. And, and what's going on with uh, DPJ right now? Is he Is he balling well, out or what? I think. Why we, don't we track this back and ask you what's going on with Jim Harbaugh? That's the question. <laughs> that's the question. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Everybody wants to know what's going on with Jim. I, I don't give a shit. Look, get him out of here. Jim Harbaugh, listen, listen. Mm, I, I, take him. We don't want him. We, we don't, don't want, want him. him. Take him back. He, look, look, he tries to be, he wants to be Bo so bad, and he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Just go. We don't care about Michigan, man. We, we just want to win. We don't care if you come from Toledo, Oklahoma. Florida, we don't care. Just win, and he ain't doing it. So get a lot of a lot of Matt Campbell buzz Jones, there, but yeah, no. The, the The thing with him when you watch this tape, and you if you were a Michigan fan, selling you lived it, man. Is he just had to deal with Shea Patterson, and Shea Patterson was so inconsistent with what they were trying to do that it left him pretty disgruntled. And and you know, as Nico Collins came along too, as a guy we think is going to be pretty good in the league. Nico was eating into some of his targets as things were on. I just think he's an opportunity guy. He got, he's gotten around two wide receivers at the top of the Browns organization who have taught him, hey, this is what you need to do. These are the nuances. This is how you get out of this cut, say so get out of that cut. He stacks you. This is what you need to do. Like Jarvis and Odell, for all their faults, are really great communicators and great teachers. Like as far as put your arm around a guy yeah. and, and coach him up, I don't think that's ever been a problem for them. So when you can learn from them, absorb those guys route running because – you know, Odell is a savant. You say what you want about how the last two years have gone. We all know Odell is a savant as a route runner. And uh, for Jarvis to get open in the league at his top speed being as slow as it is, he's got to have wiggle and he's got to have tricks of the trade that make him an effective route runner. So I think DPJ was brought into an environment in the wide receiver room that was conducive to him, A, finding a role, and B, being extremely comfortable. He found a role last year. I mean, 14 catches for 300 and a couple touchdowns is no <laughs> That's 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 real yardage on that's on efficiency, every baby. It is. So he's pitch. he's adding to yeah. it, and it seems like everything collectively is coming together. I, I mean, it's hard for me to say a guy who spark scored as high as he did could slip that far based on what I watched. And when I watched the tape, I'm like, I just see this quarterback struggled. And when you're a wide receiver and you consistently know that your quarterback is not, I mean, maybe a quarter of the time he's going to put the rock where I need it to be put. You just get disgruntled. And Michigan was, as you know, Sterling, losing yeah. games they shouldn't have been losing yeah. and, and to inferior talent. Oh, yeah. And it's like after a while, that stuff, especially for a guy, DPJ, who's the number one wide receiver recruit, he coming in expecting to change a culture there and win. Right. So there's a lot of that. So we've seen some good things in camp. We've seen the deep route stuff. He just has to keep adding more. Can you separate – on now throws can you slant can you run the outs can you run blaze outs can you run digs he's got to add to his his uh his 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 route running tree as it's called and when he can continue to to get opportunities to do that as we've seen in camp because odell has yet to go through contact drills yet to team periods because they're kind of you know as they should be being very patient with him uh dpj's had a chance to shine man and i think it's been a scenario where a guy has absorbed everything he can absorb and, and he's a smart guy very cerebral 
and he's uber athletic. And when you get the work ethic with the leadership around him, there's a chance a six rounder can develop like we're seeing. So we're really excited about him. Well, I think we mentioned it earlier. Uh, someone said, yeah, he flashed again. That being DPJ flashed again, again at camp. And we were like, I think we're, I think you said it, Stephen. we're, we're kind of past him making flashes at camp. He's yeah, just, you can't call it flashes anymore. Yeah. Because if it happens all the time, it's not a flash. <laughs> right. And, you know, the I light mean, switch is on, right? Yeah. Jake, you and I had, I, you had me on your pod right after we drafted him last year. And to answer your question, Sterling, we said at the time, I think he's falling into a perfect situation because he doesn't have to come in and be the guy. He had 13 in front of him. He had 80 in front of him. We said at the time, the thing he's going to learn from them, and I love to say this, is not only how to play be an NFL wide receiver on Sunday, but how to do it Tuesday through Saturday, which is just Prepared. so important. At this, Everybody has the talent to play on Sunday once you get – if you're invited to a camp, even if you're the first guy cut, you have the talent to play on Sunday. It's the work ethic. It's the Tuesday to Saturday. Right. And a friend of our show, Cameron Justice, tweeted something out today that he said they, – they asked him plank, uh, flat out, what have you learned from Jarvis and Odell? And he said – how to be a pro, how to prepare. But, you know, it's not all game day. You know, that's not how it works. Yep. And I think there was never any question, uh, Sterling, as you know, of, of his physical ability. I mean, he's got that in uh, oozing out of his ears for crying out loud. It's just about how do, how do I do this? I don't yeah. know how to do this. And it appears that they have taken him under, under his wing because, like Jake said, so far in camp, and yes, it's August. August can be what it is. But man, the dude is Lock just crushing whoever they put across from him. Just killing him. It's crazy. He's he's had a great camp so far. That's what I want to hear, man. Because you know, him going to Michigan, uh, we were all excited when 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 he signed. Sure. You know, when he was when he gave his national letter of intent to go to Michigan, he's always been like you guys mentioned, spark score out of this world. He's always been a, a fantastic athlete. And for everything that I've heard from just some people that I know up there, it was just like, and it was the quarterback thing and the, and they did not know how to develop him at all. I mean, he, they said he was bored and he didn't know where to, you know, take that next step, you know? So basically you got a You got a guy, you know, what like imprinting you, you guys know about that. Like, like twilight, mm -hmm. you know, it just, it's like stamped yeah. right there. Basically you took <laughs> high school, you know, DP, DJ and took him to the NFL, and I just dropped the Twilight on your show. You okay? did. I was just going to say that's the first you... Twilight reference on our air. You know, you, you're in the record book forever yeah. for that. So. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's a little but bit like Gabriel so Davis. Much you have, <laughs> right? Absolutely, you know? same yeah. thing. Yep. Yeah. It's a, with, with Gabriel Davis. But Gabriel Davis is not guy. the same athlete that the yeah. People's Jones is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So pretty similar. Had yes. a great year. Had yeah. a great year. Um. Any other questions for Sterling, fellas, or anybody hey, man, else a, in the chat? One more question. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, go. You you go ahead, man. Fire. I'm lagging hard over here. I'm sorry. I have questions. Oh, you're good. So, Jeremiah Wusukor-Moore, this is the guy that, that a lot of Bills fans, we thought that we were going to get a, a taste of. You know, we thought, okay, he was one of the guys that I felt like the Bills should draft him. You guys go ahead and take him. What are the early reports, and, and where does he fit in your defense? Go ahead, Jake. Uh, yeah, I can I can tell you he's been out. He's been on the COVID list for a while. He just came off of it. I think today was his first uh, padded practice uh, in this in this training camp. So we're I mean we're obviously elated about him. There are some embarrassing videos of us of our draft show. Pretty excited <laughs> about getting him in the second round where the Browns did. Uh, they think he's going to be a will. Uh, they you know I know he didn't necessarily always play inside the box will at Notre Dame more of an overhang defender, sure. but I think he'll be their pass, third and pass, second and pass, uh, uh, one of their will backer who will play that overhang, who can play curl flat in the slot, 
who will be a menace off the edge when they throw him off the edge to go get the quarterback. But, you know, as you know, if you watched him a lot and liked him, he can run with people in the slot too. So they'll use him as a a bigger John Johnson Swiss Army knife guy at the linebacker level who can play all over the place. And if they play a big slot uh, or a tight end who like they like to put in the slot, they might give him a chance to run one-on-one with him. Uh, they'll use him as they should uh, all over the place. And I'm excited to see we get our first crack at the Browns. I don't know if you – I feel like you guys have been in the stadium a little bit over there in Buffalo. Uh, the Browns finally get to their stadium for a practice where we can really see it all on Sunday. So that'll be yeah. really fun to, to, to kind of get a good look. Cause they got a, a structure that's not great for watching things as closely as we would love to watch them as fans. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to get over there and watch a little bit more, but we're uber excited about that guy, man. And I think, I think he's got a chance to shine in this defense because just like we talked about DPJ is uh, his arrival as a rookie and not having a ton of expectations. We're bringing in him, you know, a guy with Anthony wall, a couple, a couple linebackers we really like that we think are going to be okay to start the year and, they can bring JOK to be very, and a very esoteric role, very specific role uh, that he can fill and try to try to thrive in. So I think it's a good it's a good mesh. It's a question for Sterling from Paul here. Does does Dable get a head coaching job next year? It's a good question. It is. I don't think I don't I don't think he does. Um, and and that's probably something that goes against what every Bills fan thinks right now. But I think. <laughs> And this is just my uh, opinion here. <laughs> I think it's a personality thing. I think he's oh. a guy that doesn't light up a room. And I think when you are a draft I and mean, when you're looking for a head coach, you need a guy that uh, can rally, rally people. I think he's a, he's a, a Swiss army knife in terms of X's and O's. I mean, this guy, offensive coordinator, he's, he's, he's done a great job in helping, uh, you know, Josh Allen's maturation as a quarterback, you know, uh, but I just think it, ha- it has to be a personality thing because you look at everything else, you go, what what is he not doing? But he still is not hired and teams go out and hire David Cully. You're like, what? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? So Wee! I think there's there's got to be something with my guy Dable that people, right? And, and so, no, I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job next year. Sometimes guys are just meant to be OCs, we'll too. There's them. nothing wrong with that, you know? There's nothing wrong with it. Well, look at Pat so. Shermer. I mean, the, the, I, that's the first one that's that a, comes to my great, head. Great example. Well, one more question for you, Sterling. I know we said that like four times now, but uh, really, <laughs> this is the last one. Um, we've been uh, looking, as I'm sure everybody in Buffalo has as well, trying to project the, the top, you know, the seven AFC playoff teams and, you know, who's, who's a legit contender and who's just a playoff contender and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, realistically on paper, it's Kansas City, uh, Buffalo, Cleveland, and Baltimore. Those are probably, you know, and and the season always plays out different than we think. But as we sit here right now, those are the teams. And so we have sat and thought about, okay, if you're one of those teams that doesn't get the first round by, think it, it does. And we're not saying teams aren't good enough to run this gauntlet, but think about it. Like the Browns could have to play Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, back to back to back in the playoffs or you know and if you're the bills they got to play cleveland buffalo kansas or uh, baltimore kansas city back to back to back Uh, how important do you think for the bills specifically obviously important for everybody to try and snag that that um that bye week how critical do you think it is um i mean i think it's one of the things you know uh if you talk about like like college football pageantry like michigan says we need to beat ohio Ohio goes, Mish, who? It's one of those things. You got to get it done. I mean, I think you when you look at the AFC, 
you have to look, okay, this looks, this resembles the, uh, the Western conference and the NBA because it's that stacked. Right. And then you have guys like, you know, the Browns, the Browns, the Browns are, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I really do think if Baker can take just a small step, I think the Browns are probably top three teams in the AFC and, and, and the, and the Marquis and Browns. I mean, it's, that close i mean so you guys got some really you know a really good thing cooking over there man and i really and i would honestly say probably you guys are probably the most complete team of those three teams you are but only thing you're missing is consistent quarterback play Mm -hmm. so yeah it's important you you have to get that number one seed Sterling can come on with these comments anytime. He's more yes. than welcome to come on this show. <laughs> saying nice things. You I will just say yourself free beer for a year in Cleveland. Sterling. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm pretty excited about the AFC. I know Tom Brady's yeah. had the weather stuff in, in New England forever, but like it's... home playoff games deep at Buffalo, oh. deep, you know, when the crowd yes. is there and it's freezing cold. And if we can see one in Cleveland in this time, that's, that's going to yes. be extremely fun to me when teams fear like the, the AFC South teams or the AFC West, like, we got to go to Cleveland. Got to go to in Buffalo. January. We yeah. got to go to Buffalo in yep. January. That's the stuff that gets real fun, man. So that that's why I like like a Buffalo Cleveland nostalgic rivalry in the playoffs. And it stinks we don't get to play each other this year. It's been a couple oh, years man. now, actually. That kind of, that part stinks. So hopefully they can find top of the division together so that they can run into each other and sort of turn themselves into one of those fun year to year rivalries, man. So certainly, I'm sure we're not this is not the last time we're going to talk. We're going to probably have you on during the regular season at some point if these teams are on a on a collision course or, or something so uh listen taking time out of your night running over here right at the end of the show is is uh highly highly appreciative uh, i know our fans are our watchers are here at the obr and and uh, we will return the favor for y'all anytime we can man absolutely okay that's a wrap for your saturday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. Thanks for joining us. Continue to spread the word about this podcast. Your support has meant the world to me. Numbers have been great. We're going to keep covering camp. We're going to keep covering all the storylines. We're going to keep bringing in guests until we get to the 14th, and then we'll talk about our regular structured schedule after a game, how we recap it, how we preview the next one, all that fun stuff. Reminder, again, if you could subscribe to this podcast so you have it automatically downloaded, whether you're in the car, you go to the gym to listen to your podcast, you do it at work, whatever, it'll be there for you. If you could give us a review, maybe five stars, that'd be awesome as well. Appreciate you much. Join our Twitch. We also put out an OBR Discord today, which is like a giant uh, server for all of our Browns fans to come together and be in chat rooms and do a bunch of fun stuff. So join our OBR Discord, which has information on our homepage at the OBR, where you can uh, get like uh, the links to sign up, all that stuff. There's apps for your Windows computer or your Android phone. Uh, Also apps for your iOS uh, software, such as your uh, iPhone or your iPad. Uh, You can get all those things and have them on the go. It's a really fun way to stay connected. I use Discord for a ton of different things I'm involved in. So check out the Discord from the OBR. Okay, have a great day. We'll be back with another podcast for your Sunday morning ahead of the uh, Orange and Brown scrimmage. So keep your eye out for that with the train camp recap of day nine. I'll try to get a good guest on for that one. I appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Have a great start to your weekend. And as usual, go Browns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding 
or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.